Welcome to the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering, and healthcare. My name is Daniel Azel, and I'll be your co-host for season three. This week's episode is an adaptation of from our recent webinar, Social Media for Science, How to Create an Effective B2B Social Media Strategy. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. And if you'd like to learn more information about how to run a scientific podcast, then just visit azonetwork.com forward slash podcasts. This episode will include questions from our webinar audience and answers from myself, Frankie Barker, and Sara Lopez-Segura. Brilliant. Um, have we got time for a, Q, a quick Q&A? There's a couple of questions just come in. But, but before we, we get to those, Sarah, I, I have to say I, I was really impressed with with the, the results that you've been able to get on Giphy, the search engine for GIFs. Um, so, yeah, and amazed that now if you type in Azo Network into your team's GIF, you can you can pull up all sorts of cool little office sort of vibe, like teamwork GIFs that um, Danny and myself star in, seem to star in quite well. <laughs> So we've not we yet to see you on a GIF, but my my question for you is how many how many hashtags do you put against like a piece of content a GIF piece of content? What's the kind of what's your rule and what's your thinking there? GIF only allows a maximum of twenty, but my recommendation for GIF is just as many as you can. That that like any other hashtags, you're going to compete with other people. So try and get at least two or three that are very niche. Even if it's just your the name of your company is something very recognizable, so you can pull it up, pull the GIFs up easily. And then all, all the other tags that you, it's like SEO, just all the other keywords that you want to come run with, and then they will come up over time. Yeah. And I take it the um, kind of the industries, the science, engineering, healthcare industries that we work in are, are quite unsaturated right now. There's, it's basically a yeah. land grab. Yeah, that's a great opportunity there. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of, uh, one, one for Danny there, a question here. What program did you use to make this little video, Danny? Um, so I didn't create the video. I was merely the the, the, the talent <laughs> behind the uh, behind the video. So sorry, I can't remember what the the program's yeah, called. It was me. I used Adobe Premiere Pro, but you can also use Veep, which is an online app, and it's it it does a great job and it's quite easy and fast to get it done. So yeah, Veep. It's V E E D. And the next one, yeah. How do you manage the extra effort necessary but extra? Uh, to get all the alt tags and video captions in place, do you know of a good workflow to consistently do this? So yeah, I would say it is necessary. It, it is extra, um, but it is necessary because it, it's your content's going to get optimized and found by search engines. Um, who's best to answer that one? I can. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's it depends on who works on it because I have found that I work I might work in a different way that Danny does, so we have different workflows, but. Again, you can you can try and streamline using all these apps. Veed those auto captions. You're gonna have to tweak it a little bit, or you can send it to Ref and they can they CC the captions for you. It just depends on how you work and what works for you. But there there are ways and there are online apps to streamline the process a bit more. Yeah, and we tend to tie everything together with project management software in Trello. So yeah. everything's in one place. Exactly. That, that's, I find with any marketing, really, that's half the battle is just making sure that everybody's on the same page, on the same workflow, and yeah. and people know where stuff is because you've got so many projects going on concurrently. It, it can be so easy to get overwhelmed with all the different parts and constituent bits to each project. Cool. 
Uh, Raquel has asked, struggling to figure out how I can use t TikTok, for example. In the engineering field, it's hard to turn complex content into short and fun videos. Any insights on this? You can try visuals as well. There's, don't get discouraged because there's a TikTok for anything. I am a mushroom TikTok. It's, there's, for anything you can think of, there's a, there's a talk for it. Try and, try and, I'm thinking maybe add some visuals, add some drawings or even animations. So you talking over something and you can, again, do parts. There's TikTok gives you now the, the possibility of create a series. So you can just divide into little series as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you know, the key there is experimenting. Like yeah. Try, try 10 things and then double down on the two or three things that really do kick off and yeah, you 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 can't be afraid to try something. Yeah, and if your TikTok, if your audience isn't on TikTok, then so I was saying before that reel that we created, we used on uh, on Instagram, didn't we? So if your if your audience is there, you can use the same concept with the with the video, but just distribute it on Instagram instead. All right, is there one more? Is there one more question uh, from Daria? So, what platforms are better suited if you target a scientific audience? It, it depends quite hugely. Um, say LinkedIn, if you target people within the industry, it, it can be anything really. It's just a matter of trying. Maybe Twitter, if, it, if it's more that you have a lot of articles and people are willing to read. Maybe TikTok, if you're willing to put the effort or you can put the effort and translate it into visuals. It's, the possibilities are really endless. It depends also on your target audience. Are they... Depends on the age or their location. Yeah, I think it, it again. It's test mm. and iterate and double down on yeah. the things that do work. Any do any work. can work. It just depends on how you do it. Yeah, I saw a great one of a company that did welding. I think they did like like micro welding, and they showed you right at a sort of micro molecular level what's going on um, physically. Uh, on, on like a nano scale, and it, it was there was something strangely satisfying about seeing two metals welded together. It was it was really good. They had about ten thousand followers, which you know doesn't sound like a huge amount, but they're people who who are really into the the technology and and the uh, the visuals that they were sharing. So I thought I thought that was a particularly strong campaign. Danny, yeah, we got loads of uh, really good questions. A lot about um, not using links in uh, in the posts, uh, but I just wanted to ask about. Um, with the sales or getting your other colleagues to share to share content to publish content, what can we do, or what can the people listening do to encourage encourage other people in their company to do that? Yeah, I think if you're a marketing manager who is struggling to encourage your sales team to be more active on LinkedIn, you're definitely not alone. I was speaking <laughs> to Hal at IGD about this, and yeah, uh, countless of the marketing managers see the benefits of LinkedIn. Um, I think you've got to make it easy for them because you know they're, they're busy. They've got plenty of other things going on. They've got to hit, hit targets and quotas, etc. Uh, so social media, if it becomes too hard, then you know it's the first thing to fall off the desk. How do you make it easier for them? I think you give them, you arm them with the bullets that they can fire on social media. Um, you can even go as far as to creating the narratives for them because they'll definitely have the networks and they'll definitely have the connections. But trying to get them to post maybe you know top of funnel or webinar or ebook content, anything that's not directly product focused, it's that sort of it's that constant sort of long termism versus short termism. But whatever you can take off the desk and whatever you can make easy for them, you put put together a mini content plan and say, right, over the next month, Mr. Sales Director, I want you posting twice a week, 
uh, here are your eight posts and uh, yeah, here's the schedule and I've taken, I've written the most, most of it for you. Feel free to tweak. I think that's probably the best way to encourage somebody to do that for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's lots of good questions about links. So the first one that's had the most votes from Jessica is asking about if you're trying to get people to register for an event or a webinar. So is it okay to use links then? I'll just say what we do. So we'll post a, uh, in our com- on our company page, we'll post something about the event with the link involved in that post and then we'll pin it to the top of the of the company page and then Sarah, myself, Frankie, other members of the team will uh, often publish different narratives but draw people to register on our company page rather than including a link um, in the in our post from our own profiles. We have tried both but the, the that one seems to seems to work seems to work the best so that's something that people can try i hope that answers the yeah. the question so I'd, I'd, just... I'd always at, at your company in it in your post create a narrative it's a native linkedin post that leads back to your linkedin company page which is where they'll find the link which is pinned at the top so it, it's yeah it, it's that sort of trade-off between you know tr- trying to pl- play the algorithms game versus trying to i suppose cro and and not trying to lose people between too many clicks yeah, and then Amber's asked a similar question about if it's appropriate to use links in the in the comments. Again, we we do that fairly often as well. So That's I think technique. LinkedIn probably will work out eventually, but it seems to be okay at the moment to do that as a as a better sort of best yeah. practice. And they are all always changing, of course. Like I think you you think you've cracked it, and then it only takes their engineering team a few a few tweaks to make, and then you know they've changed the rules again. So you've got, you've got to figure it out quite quickly. Yeah, and then Raquel's asked about the video on your LinkedIn page. Does it work on company pages? Good question. Um, not to my knowledge. I've no, not, not at the it. moment. No. No, no it, I think, I think it might happen eventually, but it's not at the moment. It's just for personal pages. Yeah, I think it's been introduced as a sort of way of making your making people more engaged with each other but i would imagine at some point in the future it will be available on on company pages as well which will be an exciting time for us to get our thinking hats on and question from sue she's saying given what you've just stated that linkedin wants to keep users on platform can we assume that if you use a linkedin form rather than providing a url to your company's to your company's form then you'll get higher engagement I think the answer is yes, but would love it if you could uh, comment if you have any metrics to support that assumption. Well, we don't have any metrics off the top of my head. We we have done lead gen forms before, so this is talking about paid, right? Um, I, I think I think it's talking about paid. It's been a while since we've done lead gen forms, but I, I would, yeah. If I'd always put myself in the shoes of LinkedIn, if you were running a platform, how are you keeping people on 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 the platform? You don't want them to go off elsewhere, so I'd 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 lean I'd side with you there, Sue, and say yes. That's what I'd be inclined to think, but I, I can't. Um, got no evidence to suggest to support it. Sorry. Cool. And then Shirley's just asked about something similar to do with links. She's, if you pull a two-minute clip from a podcast, how do you drive further engagement without including a link? That yeah, that's a good question. It, it would have to be maybe linking back to your company page again that's that's always a good a good way of doing it so linking back to your linkedin company page because it it'll keep you it keeps the, the user on the platform uh, or offering it in the comments or or if you know it can just be a brand play so you want to stay top of mind uh, about um 
yeah, you know, for, for your audience, you got you got to sort of appreciate that your audience is not uh, that they're not all looking to buy right now, and it might just be that you know the metric is just get a lot of views on LinkedIn and own that channel, which is yeah. often a more tricky one to uh, to justify to senior management, but that that is a you know a very worthy engagement metric. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mindset thing as well because we always think of using all channels possible to drive traffic to our website, but if most people listen to podcasts. So if you do have four or five snippets of a good podcast and you release them consistently over a period on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, people are going to remember that the next time they're looking for a new podcast. So not necessarily have to include links to the full version all the time. Most people who are scrolling through LinkedIn don't have half an hour to, to spare to then go listen to the podcast there. So you can play it as a, as a more of a long-term brand awareness play, like, like Frankie was saying. Nice one, Danny. A few more questions are coming in. So I think, uh, yeah, I appreciate we're at the top of the hour, but really quickly, Marcy has said, how would you recommend dividing the content between posting on the company page and your personal page? Um, I think you get far more response from from personal individuals. Uh, Companies, LinkedIn can charge money to companies, it can charge advertising. uh, Whereas, you know, I suppose the product is you are the product the 750 million industry professionals are the product but it has to generate engagement organically from from people so yeah the way we see it is our individual personal brands generate far more engagement than the company but then equally we can't reach the individual niche target markets from our personal brands we have to use the paid social and and linkedin advertising which ties into there was another question actually from uh distinctive sectors from brenda so if you have distinctive sectors or areas of business do you recommend having a targeted social presence e.g all the brands or is it better to build on a single brand i'd say go niche go super niche because that means your creative can be really niche um we've run a, run a campaign recently to life science marketing managers you can do it to life science scientists um but it meant that we were able to be really really specific with uh, showcasing our audience because we've got a fantastic life science audience and it meant that sarah was able to to create like adverts that really did hone in on that on that pain point and finding your your life science audience so i'd say the targeting capabilities are there so use them um you know we do it for matched audiences we actually do a lot of uh, a lot of the targeting in the crm so categorizing and bucketing clients into into specific sectors uh sue's also talked about company name using company name for matching is sort of dangerous in life sciences because we have a lot of universities as companies so there are many departments within uni- university setting so huge universities and yeah the only with better targeting can you reach a relevant audience uh danny what would you say to that yeah so that's when the the extra sort of level of targeting would come in so uh, i think sue's saying so yeah if you if you have your universities as your company name list and then within the sort of job functions you've got your specific jobs you want to you want to target i think she's just clarified now you don't have permission from our company to use um no, I think that's from a separate one. But the, yeah. Okay, sorry. but yeah, so you can just add extra layers of targeting. So if we're going for all the universities, but within that university, we only want to target certain departments, we can target. So it includes that. But um, if there's a specific department in a university you're talking about, we can perhaps uh, chat about that. 
or there's uh, email. You can match on email as well, direct email. So, but but obviously you've got to have their email and and the, their permission to to share it as well. So that's a different way of doing it. Um, who else have we got in in STEM companies from your geo? Uh, often is the case that non-marketing individuals are afraid to include sort of general per, general audience content. Uh, instead, they'll favour uh, stuff that's you know more sort of high level content they're worried about appearing too generalist i suppose how do you communicate that content that serves a general audience is useful too and does not lessen the brand slash make them sound less intelligent <laughs> i think there's there's always time for, for different types of content you know like what is viscosity or what is rheology was one one that did really well for for one of our clients and it, it generated tens of thousands of, of page views a day on it um yeah but equally you know how does viscosity affect or how does temperature affect viscosity in motor oil or in you know in different in changing conditions there's there's different stages of the funnel like it, it's if you're top of funnel and you you want to you know capture a lot of research students or a lot of high school students or you know there's a general area where you can you can capture a lot of people um you're ultimately looking to 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 find the more qualified people by taking them on a content journey. So you've, you've got to cast your net quite far and wide um, and ultimately try and lead them on a content journey to something that can help them. So for holiday posts specific to when the holiday runs on the weekend, do you recommend posting prior to the weekend for maximum exposure or keeping it to the day of the holiday on the weekend? Sada? I'd say on the weekend, it's a holiday, even if it's LinkedIn, even I do on my free time, I just browse on on my social media. So if you post that on the specific weekend of holiday, there's more chance that people are going to be seeing it. And hence, you're going to be top of mind, even outside of work hours. And I think that's a really good sign. Yeah. Um, and what about so on the world days? I know that you, you've got you've often got sort of like three or four posts ready to go for a world day. Uh, don't you sometimes post beforehand as well? Because it is a good idea to lead and then to to build up to tail off. Yeah. But if you if you only have time for one, just do it on the day. If you can if you can afford to create a couple, it's always good to to lead up to that just to grab any extra attention but the the biggest attention you're going to have on the day okay and last one so we've got to the end of the questions from shirley any thoughts on employees who are reluctant to do too much company posting because linkedin is their personal platform danny any thoughts yeah i guess that's like um there's got to be sort of a two-way play there hasn't it because if bosses and senior directors are expecting you to use your personal profile which is does belong to you then they have to be willing to give you the time to to create the content which is what we do we have time allocated to create the content so if they're reluctant i just highlight the benefits if the company's doing well in most cases that means individuals are doing well within that company and it does work it's if you can get everyone on the same page and all singing from the same hymn sheet then there are benefits, so I guess highlighting the benefits, like, with, like we were saying before about the sales team. Yeah, I mean, tie, tie it back to what their goals and their KPIs are. If you can make it a, a KPI, then 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 that that sort of take care of that. Um, 
All right, I think we're, we're at the end now. Well, Brilliant. good from us. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. The full webinar can be found at azonetwork.com forward slash webinars. If you've enjoyed listening, then you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. I'll be back next Monday with my guest, Kate Hart, who will be talking all about neuromarketing. We hope you can join us then. And until next time, take care and thanks for listening. Thank you.